Friends, colleagues, scholars, great to be with you. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, of this podcast, well, first of all, thank you. Second, uh, if you're a regular, this episode is going to be a little bit different from what you're used to. Not wildly different. I'm not going to sing or something. And that's because I learned around the age of 15 that my voice, while not bad, is just not special, which was a really hard pill to swallow because I had, for 15 years, truly believed that it was. Uh, No, I won't sing. This is just a mini episode. Sometimes I want to talk about what just happened, and I just got to do it quick and dirty with all, without all of the, you know, the prep work I do for the show usually where I, you know, gather up some news and write out a little script to tell you about it. So here are two Privacy Beat regulars to debrief you on 2023's first crowned state privacy law, Miss Iowa. FPF's Kira Lamont and Hush Blackwell's David Stoss do great work on this, so be sure to check out their resources. Uh, you'll find them both with quick Googles online. Uh, you know, do that if you're into accuracy and detail and care about the legislative movement here. As always, hope you enjoy. Love you. Okay, so I thought with this one we could be pretty brief. Um in general, just because I don't usually do like breaking news type podcasts, but I'd like to do more sort of mini episodes and just experiment. There's some people who I think prefer sort of an even shorter um, debrief. And I thought with something as specific as one state passing a law, uh, it would be a good time to test this out. But also from what I'm reading uh, on the socials, Iowa really only deserves maybe uh, a short debrief um, because Kier, who, you know, is always, this is maybe the first time I've seen Kier not in a suit coat, actually, um, always keeps it real profesh. And not that this wasn't profesh, but I thought that you were um, not mincing words when you called Iowa the, the least interesting, uh, I think, privacy law. Is that what you said in your blog or am I misquoting you? Please correct me. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. And look, Iowa is very likely to be the sixth, what we would call comprehensive or baseline uh, privacy statute enacted in a U.S. state. Uh, and I would really call it the first uninteresting uh, state privacy law. Going back to 2018, uh, with the first one, you had California, our first state, right? Big debates over uh, the definition of sale, things like that. Uh, California then amended their law. Suddenly, we have this new definition of sensitive personal data. Then you have Virginia, the first state with a new opt-in consent requirement for processing sensitive personal data. Move over to Colorado. Suddenly, nonprofits are covered for the first time. Uh, Then you have Utah presenting an entirely new, more business-friendly model. And then Connecticut, which uh, raised uh, the standard a little bit and for the first time really clearly applied to uh, things like facial recognition. Now you have uh, Iowa, which pretty much doesn't really seem to experiment much, doesn't want to do much differently, very much wants to follow in the footsteps uh, of Utah. Uh, That may be fine for Iowa, but for us who try to take a very broad-based, big-picture view of these issues, uh, not much new. If you're going to be subject to one of the existing state laws, not much you would have to do with Iowa to adjust or or change your uh, compliance program. Here, you're getting really good at telling the story of state privacy law uh, passage in the U.S. I followed you right along that thread. Sometimes it's like hard to, uh, for an outsider, I mean, you know, 
to the extent that I'm an outsider, uh, to interpret all the differences and the variations and uh, how we got here. But that was a pretty condensed version of that. So I appreciate it. David, what was your reaction to Iowa? I mean, you must have been tracking it for some time. I wasn't paying attention. So to me, it was like very new and exciting that we had another domino fall. Um, was your reaction similar to Kier's and that it's a bit of a nothing burger? Uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, and I am happy to play Robin to Kier's Batman on this program here. Uh, so, I, you know, it's it's interesting, Angelique. So, uh Reaction. And what I would say is I've been interested in the Twitter versus reaction in particular. Right. And I think reading it, it's been 90 percent disappointment. I sense when you read the, the tweets that are on Iowa, I think people are are disappointed to see a bill that looks like Utah pass. Um, and maybe that's just my read of the tweets and maybe that's, you know, limited number of tweets. But, you know, looking at, at, at Twitter and looking at LinkedIn, I think I think uh, people have gotten a lot more sophisticated on these bills and what's in them and what's not. And we're a few years past driving compliance, obviously, with California. We've seen other bills come in. We know the contours of these bills. We've driven clients through compliance with these bills. And so I think when people see the next one and they say, well, let's, let's figure out what's under the hood. And it ha- as Kira said, I mean, the other bills have done, well, hey, Connecticut just did something next, right? And, or it solidified this issue, like universal opt-out mechanisms felt like that was kind of solidified when Connecticut was done. And, you know, joining California with the children's rights to opt in for, for targeted advertising, Connecticut did that. And you feel like, hey, that, that solidif- maybe that solidified that issue, right? Maybe we've taken this incremental step. With privacy law, and I think, you know, Iowa was, um, yeah, I mean, the sense is, and I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I, I think my read is it's, the sense was, was was a bit disappointment, frankly. I think now, conversely, I think tech would have the exact opposite reaction and think that that is the bill that they wanted and that that's the bill that, you know, is best for uh, their interests. And that's not casting dispersions on both sides of the conversation. But at least what I've seen, it, it, it sent, it, my sense has been 90-10. You even saw it with the IPP article. I thought, you know, uh, the quotes that were in the article were, were, were sort of along those lines as well. What, was this a bill that had uh, trouble passing or was it one of those that just like got introduced and like swept right through the legislature here? Maybe tell us a little bit about the history here. Sure. So a very similar bill was run last year in Iowa. Iowa has a fairly short legislative session. Uh, that bill started off last year looking quite a bit like Virginia which I would consider a uh, stronger uh, privacy-protecting uh, law, goes a bit further. Uh, that law last year actually got through the Iowa State Senate, I think unanimously. Uh, but then uh, Utah was enacted last year in the interim, and then that Iowa bill was uh, modified to look more like Utah and more like the bill that we ended up with this year. And I think last year, due to that change, the clock may have run out a little bit. Uh, this year... The Iowa bill came back, uh, once again, looking much more like Utah. And in the space of uh, a couple months now, it has passed the uh, state Senate and the state House, uh, both unanimously. Uh, I tried to tune in to a couple of the committee hearings. It seemed uh, not any great. Uh, 
uh, opposition or debate uh, on the bill from uh, uh, any of the uh, state lawmakers. And as you can see, it's moved through the uh, state uh, chamber uh, pretty quickly and is on its way to the governor's office, uh, presumably to be signed over the next uh, few weeks here. I wonder if there's a sense um, from y'all, and I don't know if you if you've even looked at these trends or if any of these trends have come to light as you've been following these state laws, or if that or if this is more kind of um, on the edges of what you're really tracking. But when a bill like Iowa goes forward, that we as people who are like aiming for you know sort of smarter and smarter more comprehensive more thoughtful um nuanced privacy bills um would say is kind of tech friendly like what is the situation there in terms of like outside forces like are the bills that are going forward because that particular state has a really like galvanized sort of privacy advocacy group or national groups do a great job at sort of like talking to lawmakers versus Iowa, maybe for whatever reason, the lawmakers weren't as connected to those types of insights or like, is there anything we can look at in terms of external forces that create a privacy forward bill versus a non from state to state? Yeah, such a great question. Uh, Angela, it really is. Right. And, and I think the answer is, man, it depends. And, and it's like 50 micro, you know, 50 separate, microcosms, right? And sometimes it's personality driven, like in Colorado and Connecticut with Senator Rodriguez and Maroney, who are just, you know, champions of bills, right? And they're going to get it done. Um, you see some of that in the Maryland hearings. I know Kira and I have spent, you know, weekends texting about what's happened in the Maryland hearings where there's like passionate people, very passionate people on these issues. Uh, but they haven't been able to get something across the finish line. And, and you know, some of that depends upon like, being willing to make concessions. Um, I don't think uh, that the calculus necessarily is lobbyists taking bills to lawmakers all the time. I think that's the minority what happens. I think it really is lawmakers are interested in a topic. They start doing an uh, investigation about what's out there. I mean, I've talked, you know, I've got a podcast myself, right? Shameless plug. Um, and, you know, talk with lawmakers, right? And I just say, like, how did you get interested in this? And everybody's like, well, I've got a tech background or I'm, I, you know, I've, I've got interest in this subject because somebody stole my identity or something along those lines. They do the research and they find the bills and they talk with other lawmakers. And then I think that they draft their bill. And at that point in time, they put it out. And that's when they get like a lot of, of stakeholdering sessions and those types of things. And that's like, oh, my goodness, right? This bill just 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 like touched a nerve. And we've got a lot of people saying that this doesn't work or that doesn't work on both sides, you know, on both sides of the aisle. So I think it really is kind of dependent. And I think you really need a champion on a bill because it also, too, is it, it, it very much tends to be a multi-state effort. It took Connecticut three years. It took Colorado three years to get these things across the finish line. Um, it could be argued that it's getting easier if the Washington Privacy Act model that's been passed in a few states, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I sense this year the battles are sort of the same, even though, like, you know, we sort of have steady state. It's all the same model at this point in time. We're not debating. There's there's exceptions, and, like, Florida is an exception, and that's that's its own thing. Now we've got all this other stuff, this children's and this uh, children's in particular, it just feels like, and, and social media, which, you know, the Utah bill out of, out of, you know, the social media bill, like there's all these other things that are just coming out of the woodwork right now. 
Um, but yeah, I guess to actually try to answer your question uh, for once is to actually say it just really depends upon individual state uh, dynamics and even like the personality of the individual state representative. Agree with that, Kier? I do. Yeah, I think it really does. If a state is going to pass a bill that is going to do something new, do something different, uh, oftentimes that is going to require a kind of local champion who is deeply passionate, cares about the issue, and is willing to take sometimes several sessions to uh, run legislation uh, by different stakeholders and come out to a place where it can be enacted. Uh, Dave mentioned uh, Senator Maroney in, in Connecticut, which I think took three attempts before it finally got over the finish line. Uh, I think that's a great example. Uh, just this year and uh, just a couple of days act ago, actually, in the state of Kentucky, I'll give a plug to uh, uh, Senator Westerfield, a, a Republican who is uh, running a bill for the second time, does some really interesting di different things. Uh, most importantly, in my view, is it actually adopts the general data protection regulations, the EU's data protection law, uh, their standard of legitimate or lawful bases for processing data. That's not something we've seen in a U.S. context before. Whether or not that's going to go forward uh, in the state house in a short remaining schedule uh, remains to be seen. But that would be something really new and different and unique for privacy law. And he's back at it for a second time this year. He got a committee hearing last year, didn't go further. This year he's back, uh, passed the uh, state Senate by a 32 to 2 vote. So I really think it takes multiple attempts to do something new and different, uh, something that's very much following in the footsteps of a prior law. A lot of those sections uh, have already been litigated, debated, people understand what they mean, uh, much easier to uh, move a bill forward like that. And I will also say I definitely agree uh, with David that in the past we saw many more different models of bills, I think. You had laws, uh, proposals trying to do something that followed in California's footsteps, or the Washington Privacy Act, or the Uniform Law Commission was actually out with a different model uh, for a few months there. Now, for the most part, the bills that we're seeing all generally align with the framework that was developed in Washington State over several sessions, the Washington Privacy Act. Yeah, uh, there are... Sorry, go ahead, Kier. Uh, yeah, and then just to emphasize, um, a lot of what's new and different and interesting this year are some of these different proposals, age-appropriate design code bills, uh, age verification bills, health data bills, especially in the blue states after Dobbs, uh, lawmakers increasingly paying attention to issues of uh, artificial intelligence. So in some ways, the conversation is moving on a little bit from these comprehensive privacy laws as the proposals uh, converge increasingly on that Washington Privacy Act model that's represented pretty much by the Virginia and Connecticut approaches. Yeah, I, I just wanted to have two follows with Kier said, if you'll permit me. First, um, if you could take that snip where he said, I completely agree with Dave and just edit that and send it to me, I would very much <laughs> appreciate that. That would come in handy. I can't tell you how many times a day that would come in handy, right? So that's I do have those powers. I can I can send you that that's clip to fake. be used as your own discretion. I will I will be in the middle of webinar saying as Kira Lamont has said, you know, I completely agree with Dave, right? Context is not important on that one. Context is completely irrelevant. The, the second thing I forgot to mention, but I think it's important, um, it, 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 it came to mind after Kira mentioned my health, my data. Attorney General influence as well, right? So the My Health, My Data Act is is the Attorney General's office is the one who answered that bill to be run. 
Oregon put together over the summer and the fall a work group, um, the Oregon Attorney General's office, that is, on their bill, which also tries to go a little bit further as well. That's important as well. If you have the Attorney General, which is the entity that's going to enforce, at least in Oregon, there's a PRA, actually there's PRA in Oregon and a PRA in Washington and my help, my data. But if you have the entity that's the consumer protection entity in the state pushing the bill, that provides that backstop because that office speaks with authority, right? Uh, the authority of we want to protect consumers. And so when the other side comes in and says, no, X, Y, and Z, they can say with authority, no, we think we need to do X, Y, and Z to protect consumers. Obviously, lawmakers can do the same thing, but like that's a big deal. We've seen it over the years. We've seen the Washington Attorney General's office testify against the Washington Privacy Act, right? And then what we've seen it inversely when in Colorado, the AG's office testified for the Colorado Privacy Act. So anyway, a little far afield. But yes, again, that clip in my inbox as quickly as possible would be fantastic and very useful. And Angelique, I would just say this, I think, is evidence of how uninteresting this Iowa bill is. You bring us on to talk <laughs> Iowa, you can't keep us focused. We'd rather talk about Washington, uh, Kentucky, Utah, any other state but Iowa, please. Was this about Iowa? Was that the whole idea? Was this about <coughs> Iowa? I never would have come on if this was about Iowa. Was that okay? This is, oh my gosh, I feel like, I feel so misled, Angelique, that this was going to be about Iowa. No. <laughs>